0: Welcome, book nerds, to the Marriage Stories Podcast. I'm Bradley.
1: And I'm Becca.
0: And if you're here looking for marriage advice,
1: all we got is couples that read together, breed together.
0: Welcome to the Marriage Stories Podcast. I'm Bradley. I'm Becca. And this is the second time we had to do this, because I said the name of our podcast, wrong.
1: Yeah, plus, why do we even say this? Because we already have the stinger opening.
0: We're just being very welcoming toward our audience of five people.
1: Welcome, welcome, welcome! Yeah,
0: we want to be friendly, we want them to listen, we want them to tell others.
1: Yeah, spread the word. Spread yeah. the word.
0: So, Becca, what do you read?
1: I am currently reading The Return by rachel harrison and i have binged like half of that book today (laughs) oh my word i am going to go out there and say that rachel harrison trumps even stephen king when it comes to writing jump scares okay like making you feel that childhood feeling of something being in your closet or underneath your bed. I have read two of Rachel Harrison's books so far and she does an excellent job of writing just those little back creepy crawling jump scares.
0: Well, if it's back creeping crawling, then it's not a jump scare.
1: There's jump scares. Like, like it'll be like, Something moved and it ran under my bed Or I looked in the mirror and there was this Oh, okay Or uh, that kind of thing I consider that a jump scare Giving
0: you Yeah, giving me a jump scare
1: Like, oh, um, this thing is rattling the doorknob Or she turned around and her teeth were all sharp and yellow Okay, gotcha Like, if you were watching it as a movie It would be like a jump scare to you
0: Gotcha Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense Yeah
1: so Rachel Harrison's The Return is what I'm reading. What are you currently reading?
0: I'm reading Master of the Void by Wend Raven. Uh, a book was actually sent to me by the author. I'm very excited to read it. I'm about 50, 60 pages into it. I haven't gotten to really sit down and get into it, but I'm enjoying it so far. It's a it's a high fantasy book, um, lots of different magics, so I'm I'm already invested, and I think it's going to be a good read
1: we kind of have a relationship to the author. She's a friend of a friend of a friend.
0: Very tangentially,
1: yes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, current reads are not often considered the great American novels. But...
0: What if I choose to read one? Then it would be a current read. So we were recently listening to Brandon Sanderson's podcast. And they were talking about the great American novel and what that really meant and what could qualify as that. That got us thinking, we're going to steal that idea and we're going to talk about it on our podcast.
1: Yeah, it's not stealing. It's a it's a concept that anyone and everyone could ponder. So we just took inspiration from their okay. episode. They don't own the idea of the great American novel. Yet. Well, yeah, he'll probably start a Kickstarter about it. <laughs> so, what is, in your opinion, the qualities that a great American novel must have, non-negotiable?
0: So, we were talking about this, and I think we decided on the book has to be by an American author, mm-hmm. it has to be at least in some way, about America. Mm -hmm. And it has to represent the cultural milieu Mm -hmm. of a time period in the U.S.
1: Yeah, I think it has to take place in the U.S.
0: Okay, you can say it like that, or you can use the term cultural milieu. Mm -hmm.
1: Or you can just say it captures the emotions surrounding American culture.
0: We've each come up with a list of five books that we've read that we think would qualify for the contention of the great American novel in some way or other, and we have to defend these.
1: Yep, we have to defend them to each other. Now, just to clarify here, to start off, are we gonna share like you're gonna share all five and then I'm gonna share all five? Or are we going back and forth?
0: I say we go back and forth for okay. entertainment's sake.
1: And also, are the are yours in any particular order?
0: No, no particular okay. order mine
1: aren't either good. Okay.
0: okay. So one thing I noticed going through all these books thinking, okay, what could qualify is I kept thinking, ooh, how about that one? No, that's British. Mm. <laughs> nope, that one's British. And so that So really... what were
1: a few of those?
0: Well, I was thinking like, well, Lord of the Rings would be... And no. like, oh, no, that's obviously also, British. Also,
1: how does that... It doesn't take place in America at all.
0: Well, it doesn't, but <laughs> it captures the cultural milieu of... Does it? I don't know.
1: You just wanted
0: to have Lord of the Rings. I want to feel deep and use the word milieu
1: what does milieu mean it, spell milieu
0: i can not do that <laughs> um another one i thought of was hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy like oh ooh, that's a good one that... well i quickly realized <sighs> that that is a british novel
1: and it does not take
0: place well that's part of the reason it's a british novel
1: well but it doesn't take place in britain either
0: Yes, it does.
1: No, it's in space. The
0: first 30 pages are uh. in, on, in London.
1: Okay. I still love you.
0: Oh, thanks, babe. So I'll go with my first, or just one of them here. Um, I said Slaughterhouse-Five. Okay. Could take the place of the, quote, great American novel.
1: All right, I'm going to play devil's advocate on that one. None of it takes place in America.
0: Yes, yes it does. A good majority of it does.
1: Okay, well none of it that I remember takes place in America.
0: His whole life, other than the war in Trelfamador, yeah, takes well, place Yeah, well all I in...
1: remember is the war.
0: <laughs> well, and Trelfamador. Right. But yeah, it it's an American novel. I'd say it could qualify as it. It is a genre bender for sure. It yeah. is sci-fi. It is Um, I mean, that's not horror, but it's um, I mean, historical, yeah. it's it's a war story, it's really a good mix of everything, and it really captures the just confusion of America at that time. And, and Kurt Vonnegut fought in the war at that time, and he suffered PTSD as a result, and that was a big effect on a lot of Americans who fought Still in the war. Still is
1: today. Still is
0: today. So I think it really embraces that culture and really Serves as a bit of a snapshot of America in that time.
1: I can see that. You consider that one of your favorite novels of all time, yes?
0: Yes, it's it bounces around in my top five, but it's always in the top five.
1: Okay. I would like to put up The Scarlet Letter.
0: Okay, solid choice.
1: So, it was probably my favorite uh quote-unquote classic, that we read in high school. Really? Yep. At the time, I liked it better than To Kill a Mockingbird. Okay. And the more I got to thinking about it in this context as the great American novel, it is an allegory for the creation of America. Because the whole thing is, Hester Prynne and the priest had sexual relations and she bore the child of said taboo relationship
0: mm-hmm.
1: one of the main reasons if not the main reason why america decided to separate itself uh, from being a british colony was they were done with catholicism and uh, they wanted it and and they wanted separation of church and state, let's say. Yeah. So, not necessarily just Catholicism, but they wanted separation of church and state. And so, this whole book wrestles with the way the whole entire town reacts to this quote-unquote crime, and this whole woman's life having to wear the letter A for adultery, but... um, and For
0: America. Look,
1: for America. Looked down upon... Um. kind of breaking the rules of the time and uh, at the time of the creation of america separation of church and state was seen as very taboo it was seen as if you truly had faith and you truly were a Christian and believer then it should be a part of absolutely everything and there is no separation of church and state and um, it's still something that our culture wrestles with a lot today and uh, with uh, the religious um, New you, of, uh, of America. Buzzword. And, uh, I just really think that it is a very interesting character study, as well as legal study, as well as cultural study. I, I, I put forth The Scarlet Letter.
0: Alright, that is a solid choice. I don't think you'll find anyone really willing to argue with that. So, for my next one, I'm going to go with A Stephen King book. Oh, dear. What?
1: Okay, he's a great American author. He is. I mean, he is.
0: He is probably America's best author right now. But if any
1: of his... Most prolific. But if any of his books are the cultural milieu of America, we're doomed.
0: (laughs) Well, so I went with, on this one, I was torn between two I was either gonna go with Needful Things, which I just finished, which was a very good read, and it's basically a character study on a small town, small in small town America. That one would have been good. I guess Billy Summers would have worked really well, uh, a veteran coming back from the war, and the only job he can find to do is be a hitman. But I went with Eleven Twenty Two Sixty Three.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: I think that is... That's
1: actually a great one to put forth.
0: Wow, you sound surprised.
1: Well, I just... I was thinking (laughs) you were going to say The Shining or something.
0: Well, The Shining is a great book, but it's not really that cultural touchstone. No, but...
1: uh, No, go on. That's a great... That's a great thought. Thank you. But
0: 112263 involves... um, I mean, it's... I believe it's the longest King has worked on a book because he started it I believe back in the 70s and if not the 60s and didn't publish it until the 2010s.
1: Tell people what it's about. Well, I'm about
0: to. Okay. No, I'm just going to leave him hanging. (laughs) It's a book. (laughs) So, the premise of this book is a man's given the ability to travel back in time and Because of the person who traveled, or who discovered this, um, has been trying for years to go back in time and stop the JFK assassination. And so this man, after that man passes, um, your main character chooses to continue on that journey and try to prevent the assassination. So you get really two time periods. Some sci-fi time-travel stuff, and this I would say is Stephen King's romance book as well. It's a well, very well-written romance. Um, it's and it really captures the '60s. It, I mean, it's a time I wasn't alive for, but King puts you there, and you feel there.
1: I need to read that one. It's just so stinking big.
0: It's an eight hundred-plus page book, and it is fantastic. The ending is phenomenal you will cry um but it is yeah it's definitely in contention I'll submit that one
1: okay I haven't read that one so I feel like I I can't play devil's advocate but from what I know about it from pop culture and you talking about it I think it's a good submission alright I now put forth Little Women, by Louisa May Alcott. Little Women is a coming-of-age story, which I feel like coming-of-age is very much an American contemporary fiction mechanism. Uh, A lot of of British contemporary fiction, there are some coming-of-ages, but a lot of them start of age. Um or stay in childhood. I think Coming of Age was very popularized, I'll put it that way, um, by uh, American authors. And uh, Little Women uh, is iconic uh, for a coming-of-age story set in America that was done in the popular style of british novels at the time like pride and prejudice and um uh, anything by the bronte sisters it in fact so many people are surprised to learn before they've ever read the book or anything that it is uh, by an american author that takes place in america
0: i mean i was when we saw the movie i kept mm-hmm. expecting them to have british accents and was very confused
1: yeah no it takes place uh, outside of boston um, and it is about a mother who is raising her four daughters as her husband is off fighting in the civil war and it is a, from the point of view of joe march and in this it is a very progressive feminist novel uh for its time in that all these girls have career aspirations and are encouraged um to have those career aspirations by their mother and um also louisa may alcott herself uh really fought for her main character to not end up married in the end. Um, in order to publish her book, they made her do that. The most recent adaptation of the movie really portrays that very well. Um, but it was a very progressive book for women at the time um, and talked a lot about what it was to be a girl growing up in Rural America, not necessarily poor, not necessarily rich, just your average American family um, during this time. And even though it is set in Civil War times, I would say that it's parallels to growing up as a girl uh, in America today are still very, very true. And it is very relatable. And no, it is not just for women.
0: So these women,
1: mm-hmm. no, how little
0: are they? Stop. They like the scary little.
1: Stop with the Friends references. That is the
0: best quote from Friends. I will. Is
1: it really no?
0: It's one of them. <laughs> my favorites, anyway. Oh
1: Little Women is like my favorite book of all
0: times. So. I still do need to read that one. The movie, <laughs> uh, back in twenty was nineteen? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um, it was very well done, and I enjoyed it a lot. I've I'm seen just, it like 20 times because of you. <laughs> Gosh,
1: my son is named Theodore Lawrence. Just
0: Not because of this movie, book, whatever mm, it is.
1: Let you tell yourself
0: that. Okay, I picked the name.
1: Mm.
0: So moving right along. <laughs> my next pick for a great American novel... Is No Country for Old Men by Cormac McCarthy. Okay. So this is set. I'm not sure the exact time period, but it's. I'd say it's mid 1900s. Um, maybe a little more recent than that. This I haven't read this book in a bit, but I do quite enjoy it, and the movie is equally as good.
1: I have read Norse I have not read or seen the
0: movie. So it's basically. I mean, it's kind of reminiscing on the West and the, how the West has become what it is today. And is it a Western? In a sense, it is. Um, it's just a very interesting study on characters, on people. Your, Cormac McCarthy has a way of writing in very short, crisp dialogue that it's not prosaic i wouldn't say but it's very efficient it's bluntly efficient you get all the points across and then he lets his writing take care of the imagery and it's really very well done really a snapshot of time in the west it's kind of searching for hoping for that older time of when the west was the west and what it's become now and I very much enjoy that. I think it would be a solid pick for a great American novel.
1: Okay. I really knew nothing about that one. I have no idea why, but I thought it was like a uh, war movie slash book. Nope. Hmm. So, I do also really like that title, No Country.
0: It's a good title.
1: Like, you know, I mean, I feel like that's a very American thing to be like, oh, the good old days.
0: It is, and... That's kind of what this captures.
1: Cool. I Put Forth the Glass Castle by Jeanette Waltz. Now, this is actually a memoir. Um, However, it is, I think, the best book I've read about the American Dream and the pursuit of the American Dream. It is from the point of view of a Young girl, I'd say in her preteens, um, as her father moves them all around the U.S. I mean, I think throughout this book they live in California, Arizona, uh, to West Virginia, like because he is constantly running from each. Scammed business. He tried to start to become the next big rich millionaire. Um, which, if you think of it, that is the, that was the uh, the American dream. Oh, sure. uh, invent something, and you will have wealth forever and ever more. However, for those trying to invent something twenty four seven, that. <laughs> The things they were trying to invent weren't all that great they um often became conmen um Mm -hmm. and had to end up running from one town to the next because of it and their families were just kind of at their whims and however i love 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 that it takes place um or it takes the point of view of the daughter who just thinks the world of her father even though the event she's is uh, describing you know he's a hot mess but she thinks he's amazing and she thinks he's gonna be the best new inventor and everything but then as she ages you are right there with her as she discovers that her father is flawed and human and that point in each of our lives Where we realize that our parents are flawed and human. Not like when you're a teenager and you just don't like them. No, the real like, oh, my parents are people realizations. That is something that is very difficult to write and pinpoint, I think. And this book does it very well at the same time really capturing that um, cliche American dream pursuit um, and Jeanette Walls herself actually is, kind of did get the American dream um, because she is a reporter, um, I think for the New York Times, but uh, so she made it from that impoverished childhood, uh, always chasing the next thing to becoming the next thing.
0: I've heard you talk about that one a lot, and I know you very much enjoy that book. I
1: need to see the movie that oh, there's a movie? about it. Yeah, recently. Who's in it? I don't know.
0: Hmm.
1: I'll look while you say. Okay. Your next book.
0: So my next one, will go with one that I read very recently, is Ring Shout by P. Jelly mm-hmm. Clark.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, you did talk a lot about that
0: one. Yeah, so I did a full review of this on my Instagram page. And talked about it in a prior episode, but I'll just give you the the quick and dirty of this. Is it's a historical fantasy set in the early 1900s South, um, where a group of ex slaves and free Black people hunt Ku Kluxes, which are KKK members who've been turned into monsters. It's so well done, and it really captures that racial tension going on in the u.s back then especially and even still now um it's super well done i really like clark's work he does a great job always um go back and listen to another episode to hear more about it but it's a great one i think it would be a solid contender for the great american novel
1: i've heard you talk about that one a lot recently especially because it is in your top uh, books for the last, uh, quarter.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and, uh, it sounds very interesting for
0: sure. It definitely is.
1: Here I am to say that this actually has a really big cast. Oh, holy cow. Yeah. And wow, I cannot think of anyone better than Woody Harrelson to play Rex, the father. <laughs> um, but Brie Larson is Jeanette Walls, um, as, Jeanette as an Walls. adult. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, Max they...
0: Greenfield from New Girl.
1: Uh huh. As a as, and Naomi Watts as one of her uh, sisters. Or no, I'd say that's her mother. Naomi Watts is her mother. So yeah, it's got a pretty big cast. Um, and it's available on Netflix. So we should go watch it. We
0: don't have Netflix. We don't. Nope, it's the only one we don't have.
1: We don't have it anymore.
0: Nope, because they kept jumping the price. Don't worry, we'll watch it sometime
1: Okay (laughs) Okay I put forth Demon Copperhead by Barbara Kingsolver Okay It is one I read just last um, month and it actually yesterday was announced the 2023 Pulitzer Prize winner
0: Oh wow It
1: is the second ever Appalachian novel to ever win the Pulitzer Prize.
0: With Good Earth being
1: the other? No, I, I. That's what I thought too. I had never even heard of the other. It was written in '58, and um, I forget. I forget the name. I, I. was looking it up, but A Death in the Family. I recognized the not title the, when not I looked it. not the Batman
0: up, but... story, right?
1: <laughs> no, it's. I'd say the Batman story is parroting. A Death in the Family by James Agee.
0: Well, at least stealing the name of.
1: Right, yeah. So, um, it's a memoir, but... Uh, so,
0: it's not where the Joker beats the Robin to death. No. It okay. is
1: the only other Pulitzer Prize-winning Appalachian novel. Okay. Now, go drop everything and read Demon Copperhead right now, and you'll hate me for it, because... <laughs>
0: You're really selling this book.
1: Oh no, I know, but jeez, it's so depressing. Um and sadly, it captures the cultural milieu of the buzzword. Uh-huh. No, I'm, I'm we're trying to use that as many times as
0: we can in this, this... I know, but I have to say boom buzzword every time. Mm-hmm. That'll yeah. be what this episode's called. Oh no.
1: Boom. I thought it was gonna be called cultural milieu.
0: It could be either one.
1: I think it should be cultural milieu.
0: Or cultural milieu, colon, boom, buzzword.
1: Okay, anyways. So, Demon Copperhead follows a boy. Demon Copperhead is his name.
0: His name's Demon? Yes. What did
1: his parents think he was going to... His name is Damon. Okay. But everybody calls him Demon. And Copperhead is because he has bright red fiery hair but he doesn't really have a real true heritage or background last name because of the way he was brought into this world um he is born to a teen mom in a very bad abusive trailer druggy situation in virginia um the Central Appalachians. And it follows him through foster care, it follows him through the coming of age just of rural schools, and sadly accurately so. Um, and it follows him to the struggles of the opioid crisis, um, which I would argue is the largest crisis facing america today is the drug um war and war on drugs and uh addiction and it it really makes you see how especially for an outsider how the slow fade occurs the horrors of the foster care system the devastation of this land that was just used up by the government and left to fend for itself and the after effects of that here take this pill and you'll feel better it is if you're just you're reading there and you're like man what more could happen but it is so accurate, it is very poignant, it is fierce. It is a very, very well done novel, and as a la- Appalachian myself, I think it's a very important read for Appalachians and non-Appalachians alike. And, as Appalachia is a very large part of America, it, all the way from New York to Mississippi, I feel like it qualifies as a great American novel.
0: I mean, and it's a Pulitzer Prize winner, it for is. sure. I know that your sister, um, she's a school teacher in southern West Virginia, read this as well, and she had a really hard time reading it but was very glad she did
1: yeah she had a hard time reading it because she just kept thinking of the homes that her students go back to after she has them in the classroom and it is hard and i kept thinking of people that i grew up with and everything it's it's very difficult um but it is extremely eye-opening and because of that it is an important
0: read for our last pick, we have the same one, I believe, mm-hmm. and we're going with Harper Lee's To Kill a Mockingbird.
1: Absolutely. So why did you put forth this novel?
0: Well, in my opinion, To Kill a Mockingbird is one of the best novels ever written. Yes, it was written in the... When was it written? In the 60s? In nineteen
1: sixty.
0: 19 it was written in 1960 so yes it's outdated in a lot of ways but it still captures america it captures things like i mean it back with what i was talking about with ring shout it captures the racial tensions in the south it and how you can rise above that
1: more so than just the racial tensions it also talks about family life it talks about class differences and
0: mm-hmm.
1: it it talks about um neighborly uh culture um in the american south and
0: not-so-neighborly culture in the American South.
1: Right, and it talks about the American legal system. Right. Um, I feel like courtroom dramas are very American. Uh, and it's a courtroom jo- drama.
0: I mean, it is. It, it is
1: a courtroom drama. It is a coming-of-age. It is a, a commentary on race um, and class. And on... The legal system of america and written though now over 80 years ago it is still very accurate over 60 years ago math y'all not my thing i read um (laughs) over 60 years ago it is still relevant i'd say now this book is often uh banned as of late for prolific use of the N word um, throughout this book.
0: And I mean, I understand if that's something that bothers you, then yeah, that's a legitimate complaint.
1: Yes, absolutely. I think that you could very easily reprint the book, changing that word. I mean sure but it does also change the book i mean the book was written in 1960 and the book is not using that term um without thought it is yeah. using it to capture the attitude toward um racism at that time and in that culture and it is accurate for the time that it was written
0: yeah i i totally agree with that i mean it's a profound novel it is i mean it's a touchstone of american literature like it or lo- like it or not it is. Mm-hmm. it is and it i we both feel it definitely deserves to be in contention for the great american novel
1: absolutely so, what do you think uh, is a contender for the great American novel? Lots of people also say Gatsby. Yes. Huck Finn. Mm mm-hmm. um, Moby Dick. These are all other popular um things if you are to just Google what's the great American novel. All
0: genuinely American novels. I mean, Great um,
1: Gatsby, I almost put on my list as I well. I almost did too. So.
0: But I went to go with some wilder picks.
1: yeah yeah i agree some
0: more unorthodox the
1: books don't have to be old to be great
0: that's very true
1: we'll end on that
0: okay thank you all for joining us and we hope to see you next time
1: keep reading y'all